0: jaundice, and my eyes and my skin became yellow. The doctors did not know what was causing my bilirubin to spike in my bloodstream. I went to several medical examinations and had filled multiple tubes of blood for testing to find out if I had hepatitis C, or is my liver shutting down, or is this some new form of disease we're not familiar with. But I met a surgeon two months in the process of finding a cause for my liver problems. I drove myself to all my appointments. I didn't need my parents involved in my medical appointments. This was something I needed to do on my own. And I was sitting on an examination bed on top of a hospital paper roll, waiting on the surgeon to view me. He was a man in his mid-50s with salt and pepper hair and a well-groomed beard. And he was smiling as he shook my hand, explaining how excited he was to meet me. He and several other doctors had a blast talking about the root cause of my illness. He told me they were baffled that a young, healthy man is having problems with his liver. He told me he had to do a routine examination on my liver to find out what was causing my liver to spill bile in my bloodstream. He said tomorrow would be best, and I went back to school to let the office know I was going to be missing classes on Thursday. And I was going to be at an appointment. On the day of the surgery, I drove myself to Sparrow Hospital. It's a local hospital there in Lansing, Michigan. And I parked my car in the massive hospital parking garage. Then I walked over to my hospital room where I was prepped for surgery. Once I was in the hospital robes, the nurses then proceeded to put IVs in my left arm. I was put on a gurney and moved by three nurses to the operation room. The anesthesiologist put me under as the well-groomed surgeon took out a piece of my liver to examine what was causing my illness. When I woke up, I was laying empty, I'm sorry, I was laying in a hospital bed, groggy, disoriented, and I looked around the empty room to see if the doctor was ready to release me from the hospital. I waited for an hour before I heard a soft tapping on the door as a well-groomed doctor walked slowly to my bed. He told me they had taken out a significant piece of my liver and were running tests to find out what was causing the illness. He looked around the empty room, wondering where in the world are his parents. Where are your parents, son? I responded, they're at work. Do you have anyone who's going to come and take you home? No. I'm going to drive myself home. He looked at me as if I had lost my mind. Thanks for helping me, Bishop. I appreciate that. (laughs) He said, you're alone? By yourself? Then he said, does anyone know you're here, son? It was a simple question, a closed-end question. Yes or no? A simple response. However, it caused me to pause for a moment as I looked around the empty hospital room realizing I did not tell anyone in my family or friends that I was having surgery today and nobody knew where I was. If they had operated on me and something would have gone wrong, nobody would have known why I was at the hospital. I told the doctor, no, nobody knows I'm here. He said, you better call somebody to pick up to pick you up, and he left the room. And for the first time in this two-month process trying to figure out what is wrong with my illness, I felt lonely bearing this all by myself. So I pulled out my Samsung flip phone and started going down my contact list. I had over 100 contacts. I was sure somebody would be able to drive me home from the hospital day. I was a popular kid in high school. I was literally involved in every extracurricular activity in the school. And if you don't believe me, you can look at my face, uh, my, uh, my, my yearbook. Um, this was no Facebook friends, all right? I had people who knew me, they had my personal cell phone number on their phones. I was always around people, whether I was at school or at home with my six siblings. So I started with the A's, then I moved down through the B's, and then the C's, and then finally I came to the T's, and not one person in my phone I could call to come pick me up. My parents were at work, and I do not want to call them from their inflexible job to pick me up, so I double-checked the list, still no one. And then a the next question came in my mind. How did I get in this place? I flipped my, o- my phone open. I'm like, how is this possible? The well-groomed surgeon was only interested in making sure I got home safely. However, I don't think he realized how this one question finally made me aware of my surroundings. Does anybody know you are here? Does anybody know you're in the hospital? Why are you all alone, Mr. Popular? That's a joke. And I, I had been running from God. I'll give you some backstory about this. So I, 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 was, I was baptized a year ago, and then I kind of ignored my baptism and was doing my own thing. And here I was in this whole process of trying to get better and get better and get better while the surgeon asked this powerful question, a simple question. Does anybody know you're here? I want to read a passage of Scripture in Psalm 68, verse 4. And it says, sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song for him who rides through the deserts, whose name is the Lord, and exalt before him. A father of the fatherless, a judge for the widows, is God in his holy habitation. God makes a home for the lonely, he leads out prisoners into prosperity. Only the rebellious dwell in parched land. That Hebrew word, means to be alone. He makes home for the lonely. It means to be isolated. It means to be an only child. It means to be an unmarried young man who cannot afford a wife. It means to be an exile, a sojourner, to be with the alone. God dwells with the lonely. Does anybody know you're here? Does anybody know I am here? And then I became painfully aware there was someone sitting in that ugly green chair in that hospital bedroom. Someone I've been ignoring all year long. He was through the whole process. Trying to find out what was wrong with me. And I did not realize my God was with me. Do you know that God is with you? when you feel alone? Do you know that God is with you, whatever your circumstance might be? He's in that hospital room with you. He's sitting in that ugly green chair. And he's just waiting. See, there's one thing to know about God. There's one thing to talk about God. There's one thing to preach about God. I've met preachers who don't know God. But there's another thing to be aware that you are sitting in the presence of the king. And that day, I became fully aware somebody was in the room with me. Do you know God is with you? Now, we can say that. We can talk about that. We can tell our neighbors and give our testimony. But do you really know he really is with you? And I phoned. I, I called the one person on that phone. And it was not somebody in my family. It was not one of my friends. It was an elder in the church. The church that I've been halfway going I was in and out. I had terrible attendance. I was here one Sunday, gone the next. Hey, I—I I like about this Jesus thing, but I have my own thing to do, right? I don't care. God is an editor of my dreams. And I called her. And I said, "Hey, I just want to let you know, um, I'm in the hospital." sitting on a bed. And she was like, what? What, what happened? What's going on? And I said, like, well, it was, it was supposed to be something routine, but I didn't realize it wasn't routine, and it was major surgery. Um, so I want to let you know, can you, can you please, can you pray for me? Can you please pray for me? And she did, right over that phone. And I became even more aware of the God I serve. Finally, I was able to call somebody to come pick me up. I left my car in the garage. I had to pick it up another day. But do you know that God is with you? That you are not alone. That he walks with you. But have you slowed down? your surroundings to recognize that God is working in your life. You just there's just, this rush. You got to keep going. You got to, this is process. I have to figure out what's wrong with this, with my illness. So I'm going to appointments. I'm making appointments left and right, and I, I completely forgot all about God. Maybe you're asking yourself that question. Does anybody know I'm here? Does anybody know? Does anybody know my situation? I don't know what that might be. But God is with you. Are you aware that he's near you? That he walks with you through the good and the bad? And he just doesn't hang out in church. He hangs out in hospitals, in funeral homes, at parties. God is with you. I forgot how the music come. I know this year is drawing an end. And maybe things didn't go according to plan. But I wonder if you'd make a New Year's resolution to slow down and see who's sitting in that ugly green chair. He's there. He hasn't gone anywhere. He was there when you forgot about him. It was there when you could remember his name. He just sits patiently, wondering when you'll be aware that he's right next to you. I thank God for that surgeon's answer and his question. Does anybody know you are here, Arash? Why is your room empty? Where are the balloons? Where does it get well cards? (laughs) Just alone in a dark room with an IV. Does anybody know you are here? Who could stand? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You already spoke to us today. You said you heard our cry, Lord. You heard that we're lonely, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. God, I, I don't want to just know about you and I don't want to just hear about you. I want to make sure I'm aware of you, Lord, that you are next to me, Jesus. that God I am not alone. That you've always been with me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. The answer to the question should always be yes. Does anybody know you're here? Yes. My God does. Now I'm not saying God is going to replace the body and that you really don't need physical friends. Because you do need physical friends. Real life human friends. Not Facebook friends, not online friends, not that there's anything wrong with those, but you need to have real friends. Okay? I'm not saying Jesus just takes care of all that and you don't need any friends and you can just be lonely the rest of your life. No, that's not what I'm saying here. The other part of the puzzle is if I was in church, I'm sure the church would have sent someone to pray for me. But I wasn't. I was in and out not wanting to be contacted, not wanting to be approached. And I was miserable. Does anybody know you are here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, that you touch this congregation today, Lord. Lord, I know you're speaking to us right now, God. There's some of us here today, Jesus. We feel alone, Lord. Lord. We feel by ourselves, Jesus, sitting on a gurney, Lord, all alone, Jesus. I pray, God, let's not be only made aware of you, Jesus, but help us to be connected to your body, Jesus. I pray, God, that you touch my brothers and my sisters here this morning, God. I pray, God, let them become aware of you, God. Let them have a powerful relationship with you, Jesus. Maybe, Maybe they haven't been consistent, Jesus. Maybe it's been erratic, Lord God. Maybe things came legitimate or illegitimate, Jesus. Maybe things happened in their life, but I pray, God, that they make a commitment for New Year, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that they make a commitment to come and see you, Lord, that they connect with your body, God, that they hear from you every Sunday, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You can make your way to these altars. If you're not aware of your God, I pray that you would become made aware of him. If you're not connected to this body, I pray that you are connected. I pray if you find yourself in a hospital room, that you'll have five or ten people you can call to. I pray you never come in my situation where you have a bunch of friends and no true friends. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.